HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's February 18th, 2014, and today's show is about the New York State of Beer. All right, State of New York Beer. We're going to have a serious show today because we have uh, our annual event, New York City Brewer's Choice, coming up next week for New York City Beer Week. And we've been joined by Sam Filler, who I'm calling the Beer Czar of New York. He works with Empire State Development, and he's been focusing on developing a craft breweries in, in the state and, and a few other things that he's going to talk about. But it's a really special show because we've been working with June Russell of the Grow NYC Regional Grains Project and Andrea of, of Valley Malt and uh, bringing over 20 brewers to our event who are actually making beer with New York State Malt. And I think it's the first time that that's been done. So we're, we've, we've themed this around New York State beer. We're going to be talking to Sam Filler. We've got uh, someone from Department of Ag today. We've got a, a, a hops expert from, from Cornell and uh, an NYU person, Laurel, who uh, is uh, planning to, to develop a malt house and uh, a lot of cool things. So I'm, I'm going on a little bit, but I wanted to say how excited I am to actually talk about the New York State of Beer. Sam Filler, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. And, and uh, one of the little projects that's come out of, of all this new interest in uh, New York State beer and cider and uh, is uh, the Farm Brewery License. And we have uh, the first New York City brewery that's a farm brewery license, Gun Hill Brewing, uh, at Davey uh, Lopez, one of the co-owners of Gun Hill Brewing, is here with us today. How you doing, Jimmy? So we're going to start and talk a little bit about the farm brewery license, some of the initiatives that, that you've seen and the changes. So we know the backstory is that in the 70s, New York State uh, made a really uh, progressive uh, like farm winery license, right? Right. And, and that really uh, aided to the explosion of the wineries that we see in the state today. There was... Maybe 20 to 50 wineries back in the 70s, and now we have over 350 in the state. Many of them are farm wineries. And I want to say, to, to me, this is the first time I've ever talked about beer policy, so I'm, I'm a little anxious, but I, I'm going to dub Sam Filler as the beer czar of New York. So how, tell us about your job, because you, you, who else gets to be the beer czar? 
Well, so Governor Cuomo hosted a, a really fantastic summit for the beer, wine, and spirits industry back in the fall of 2012. And at this summit, he announced, oh, we need to create a one-stop shop at Empire State Development. And they looked around, and they, they found me and asked me to do this role. And so my job is really to be one point of government contact for our, our uh, beer, spirits, and winemakers out there. Because before, they'd contact all the different state agencies and get multiple different answers that contradicted each other. So now they just call me, and I contact the state agencies, and I get them an answer that's uh, on point and true. And so if they have any problems, they can come back to me, and they can say, hey, Sam – you know, what you told me wasn't right, how can we fix this? And that's... So how, how do you get a job in government? <laughs> uh, we're talking to listeners from all around the country and the world. <laughs> so uh, another great initiative that Governor Cuomo started is called uh, Empire State Fellows Program, and it's a two-year fellowship to bring mid-career professionals into state government to bring some fresh ideas, fresh energy, and I'm part of the inaugural class of Empire State Fellows, and I was placed with ESD and... Fortunately, as I started, he Governor Cuomo had this summit, and I was able to participate and become the beer czar. That's great. So we've, we've got a is, – is the farm brewery license a direct result of, of these new policies, or has it been in the work for a while? Well, the farm brewery license is really um, something that happened before the summit. Uh, Governor Cuomo signed it in June of 2012. Uh, but it's also it's, – it's part of his spirit to really highlight um, – you know, our agricultural sector in the state to bring more attention and energy to the brewing uh, industry and, um, you know, really support, you know, great, great uh, restaurants like yours as well. No, th- thank you, Sam. Well, Davey, you, I met you last week and uh, I'd heard about the Farm Brewery license and I didn't really know what it was. Why did you guys choose that license instead of any other brewery license for New York? There are a couple reasons, but I think the the main reason was we wanted to differentiate ourselves from a lot of the other breweries that are out there in the state and in specifically in the city. Um, and so we wanted to have something because the farm-to-table movement is so important right now and it's so popular. We needed something that was going to be a hook to attract people to our beer to get them to notice us. This farm brewery license is a great way to do that because it allows us to support the state, support the, support the local economy, and also make us slightly different than everyone else out there. And where is your brewery lo- located? We're up in the Bronx right off of Gun Hill Road. And why did you pick that location? Uh, well, we picked the Bronx because both my partner, Kieran, and I have some ties to the area. Um, he was born in the Bronx. I went to school in the Bronx from uh, grade school all the way through high school. Um, we both met playing on a semi-pro baseball team, and it's based out of the Bronx. Um, so that that was the main reason why we picked the Bronx. And also, mo- actually, most importantly, it was also because when at the time we started looking, there was no physical brewery in the Bronx. And we have another guest on is also uh, Laurel Grayson from Urban Farm Lab, NYU. Laurel, one reason you're on is you're, you're planning to uh, – you've studied doing a, a, a malt house, right, in New York State? Yes, so I have a long-term – long-term sort of vision and plan to uh, open a farm, malt house, and distillery. Um, and distillery meaning, like, spirits as well as potentially even, like, more of a, a hard cider sort of a concept. Um, my background is in is in agriculture and farming, and so that's really where it stems from. Um, and, and being also a female farmer and potentially a female maltster and distiller, I think, kind of is something that I'd like to promote and... Um, take have others take notice, which might kind of like develop like a niche market for myself. Um, but also like earlier, um, Dave and I were talking a little bit about malting and sort of being 
um, having kind of like two visions and understanding both like the agricultural sector as well as trying to learn more about the business side and meeting market demands and consumer needs. I think there's such a um, there's so much room and potential to be to grow local barley and malt locally. So let's say like the uh, hypothetically the the goal is that with a farm brewery license you're going to encourage this interaction between farmers who can grow grains and hops and providing a, a brewery so the brewery can down the road be buying more and more products from New York farmers, right, Sam? Well, the license, the way it works right now is uh, if you're a farm brewery, you need to use 20% hops from New York State and 20% uh, of any of all your other ingredients, which is probably malt barley, and that ramps up to 60% in 2018 and then 90% in 2024. We already have 28 farm breweries in the state. And that anybody can make a New York State beer, which is fits this criteria of 20%, 20%. So there's a tremendous demand for locally grown barley and hops. One of the things that I'm kind of curious about, I think, is um, kind of how, how to incentivize more farmers to grow more barley and hops and in a market that is highly competitive and... I think that they have to understand that there's a value to them growing this this grain. You know, I think a lot of them are making money growing soybeans or corn, and so it's just them feeling comfortable that this is an investment work, worth making and there's a market for them to sell their grain. But is that so, the incentive? I mean, if, if I understand, like, the, some of the initiatives you guys have, it's like you'd say for cider, for example. I know you also have a farm cider cidery initiative. You're saying to, to a farmer who's growing apples, if they can also – open a cidery and make their own cider, it's a way for them to make value-added right. pro, you know, money. And we know that from different farmers we work with. But how, does, how, do, how do you encourage a farmer to, to uh, grow grain instead of soybeans? Is that a value-added product as well? It is a value-added product. So the, the farmer could choose to become a farm brewery, which they don't necessarily need to do. But we have a fantastic uh, network of uh, Cornell. It's called Cornell Cooperative Extensions. And we have some barley experts in the state that are going around and educating a lot of farmers about how to grow malt-quality grain. Because you may not know, you can grow malt barley, but it's very susceptible to different types of toxins, and that makes it not consumable for humans. So there's a lot of education happening in the state that Cornell is doing, and the state does direct money towards Cornell to do this activity. So, Davey, at the, at the Gun Hill Brewery, the farm brewery licensed establishment in New York City, I mean, has there been any outreach from, from farmers and maltsters and hop growers to you guys? And, and, and how are you going to connect with these suppliers so you can make, you know, your, your farm brewery beers and stuff? Sure. So we actually were we, – uh, someone from Cornell reached out to us a couple of weeks ago. I mean, a lot of people didn't know a lot about us. Um, until probably about a month ago. And so in the last month, we've had a bunch of people reach out to us. Um, one of the people that we've been in contact with over the course of the last six or seven months is upstate um, at New York Craft Malt. I think they're just getting going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've experienced similar difficulties to us with delays. Um, but th- we've been in contact with all these people. So um, we've also been in contact. We've been buying our malt from Valley Malt upstate. So um, Massachusetts. Um, well, they're getting a lot of a lot of grain from New York. From yeah, New York, exactly. But they're, they're malting it in Massachusetts. But they from Champlain, they're getting they have some malt up there. So I just met with some folks from Cornell last week, and within the state, we have 3,000 3, acres of malt barley. And in order to service all the breweries we have in the state, we need thirty thousand acres of malt barley. Is what we've estimated. So 
there's definitely the, the supply needs to catch up to the demand, and that's really the catch with the, the farm brewery so license. For growing barley, and, and maybe you know this, Laurel, like we know that there's like 3 million acres of, of former dairy land that's kind of sitting wasted. Can you just turn that into barley land? or what, like where, where are you going to plant barley? Yeah, well, barley land. That would be a fun place. <laughs> We're taking the beer czar in New York. We're going to go to barley land. How about that? <laughs> that sounds like a good place. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first of all, 30,000 acres is a lot, but it's not that much. Um, and it really doesn't take I, – I forget the exact, like, like how many pounds you need to produce, like, X amount of, like, beer with barley once it's malted. But it's, it's not – I know it's – it's not that much. Um, and in terms of like, and, and barley is actually a very adaptable crop. You can grow it. Um, it needs, it needs like a frost, but that means you can grow it pretty much like anywhere. I'm actually from Southern California and I've, I've researched like potentially growing barley and doing this concept in Southern California and you can do it in the mountains. And so you can definitely do it in New York state. Um, it just depends on the, yeah, we're just pointing because we're trying to. There's a lot of people in this room. There's other guests you haven't met yet. In fact, some people are going to be calling in soon. I want to bring in one, uh, uh, Zach Mack, who's the owner of a, a East Village Beer Bar, ABC Beer Company. Just a quick question for you is, you know, with these local initiatives, I mean, I'm always a big fan of first local food. If I know my farmer, I'm more likely to buy from him. If I know my brewer, I'm more likely to buy from him or her as well. Um, but for you, like, does it turn you on when you hear that there's a farm brewery licensed? brewery in new york city um yeah i mean it absolutely does it's it's pretty interesting because uh i get to see the tail end of these fine people's hard work and you know it can go either way depending on on when some someone new enters the market with a beer you know it can get a lukewarm reception or no reception but the one of the beautiful things about you know we're only just under two years old now and i'm, I'm seeing a lot of the uh like gun hill showing up and and doing such a such a great job opening up and people really giving such a warm reception to something so local produced within state produced within the city um it's it's really second to none people people are really down with it and so when are we going to see the f- the first batch of uh, gun hill beer the, the very first batch will be poured this friday night at grand central at the uh, new york city beer week opening night so batch. The opening night so again check it out newyorkcitybeerweek.com Opening night. By the time some of you listen to this, it will have, will have passed. But if you're listening live, it is this Friday. And uh, we're building up towards our special event as well, New York City Brewers Choice, next Wednesday, February 26th, where most of the, the brewers from New York State who are there have, will have made a batch of beer with local grain, which is pretty cool. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to do a little, some messages and uh, some music. We'll be back in a few minutes here on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yep. You are listening to Flexible by Hard Bodies on the Heritage Radio Network.org.
Like what you hear so far? Support the network and become a member. Membership helps us bring you the best food radio in the world and gives you access to thousands of dollars in discounts at the sustainably-minded businesses that support us. To become a member, visit heritageradionetwork.org today. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're at Roberta's in, in Brooklyn. Uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn is a cool place, and there's a lot of uh, great local businesses out here. Um, there's a lot of new breweries have opened in New York City. And in the last six months, uh, not too far from here, there's Finback over in uh, Queens, and the other half of our buddies are, are in uh, Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. And Single Cut in Astoria is, is another one of our favorites. There's so many new breweries, in fact... Uh, one of our favorite New York State breweries is Barrier Brewing. They're out in Oceanside, Long Island. And just three years ago at New York Tap, they won the best brewery in New York State, and they were also the smallest. And it was kind of like you saw this tip of the iceberg where it's like, wow, suddenly there's all these great new breweries, and, and, and there's so many new ones. And we're here today with Sam Filler. He's the beer czar in New York, Empire State Development. And we've got Davey Lopez, who's uh, the first uh, New York City uh, Farm Brewers licensed brewery who will be opening soon. So welcome back, guys. We were talking before, just getting to know each other. We have Laurel, who's uh, opening, uh, doing some study on Malthouse from NYU. A lot of people on, but we've got some uh, some guests coming on the air. So, Sam, tell us who uh, we're about to talk to, because this is kind of our serious New York State of Beer show, you know. Um, so we're about to talk with uh, Deputy Secretary Pat Hooker. He's, uh, he reports to the governor on food and agriculture policy issues, and he also oversees the State Liquor Authority and the Department of Agriculture Markets. He's a beer lover, uh, but he does drink wine and enjoy some spirits, um, and he's a tremendous guy. Uh, he does a lot with the Taste New York program, which uh, you may know about in JFK and LaGuardia. We have these fantastic shops where you can buy all New York State wines, beers, and spirits on your way out of town or coming back into town. Um, and we're also going to be speaking with Paul Leone, who's the uh, first executive director of the New York State Brewers Association, which is a f- fantastic uh, uh, addition to the growth of the beer industry here. All right. Hey, uh, are you guys on the air now? I'm here. Uh, Pat, Paul. I'm here. Well, first, let me say hi to Paul. Paul, hi. This is Jimmy Carboni from New York City. How are you? Good, Jimmy. Good to talk to you. So I know you, since you've come on to the New York State Brewers Association, you guys are doing Saratoga Beer Week right now, aren't you? Yeah, actually, tonight, uh, Saratoga is, uh, Old Saratoga Brewing is kicking off Saratoga Beer Week, and the, uh, all the proceeds from that event are going to go back to the New York State Brewers Association to help continue in our growth. Great. What are some of the breweries that are participating in that event? Uh, we've got uh, Paradox, Lake Placid, Empire, um, St. Lawrence, Browns, um, Crossroads. Uh, there are about 13 total that are participating in that particular event. That's great. And, uh, Pat, you're the Deputy Secretary of Food and Agriculture for New York State. So this is the most serious beer show we've ever done, but we're doing it because we really believe in, in what you guys are doing. So th- thank you so much. Oh, that's uh, it's, trust me, it's great to be here, Jimmy. I really appreciate the chance to be on it. Uh, I, I, I run some risk coming on to a show like this because when everybody hears that I, I work on food and agriculture and beer and wine for a living, they want my job. But uh, <laughs> well, there's, um, Sam, great to hear your voice and uh, really enjoy being with all of you. 
So I'm, I'm going to ask you a couple policy questions because I think that w- what we're seeing is that New York State is becoming one of the more progressive states in terms of craft beer and, and other things like cider and, and spirits. I have a good friend, Mike Kinslick, a college friend. He uh, has opened a distillery near New Paltz called Copper Sea. And we have many other friends who are doing cider and, and small breweries. In fact, we have uh, uh, the, one of the owners of Gunhill Brewery, which is a farm brewery, brewery licensed brewery in the Bronx, here with us today. So I know you guys are really covering a lot of bases. But let me ask you a couple like official questions. Okay, so uh, Governor Cuomo's Craft Beverage Initiative and the purpose of his one-stop shop. Can you, can you say a little bit about that? Well, sure. I, I, I would back up and just say, with, with regard to the overall industry, the governor sees it, you know, hey, it's obvious to him, it's growth. That means jobs, that means economic activity, it means uh, people are making money, it means the economy is better. So he has done this in other areas where he sees that kind of potential. So, um, you know, it's, this comes natural to him, and we are going to continue to look for regulations, laws, whatever, that... Uh, you know, that are helpful to these entrepreneurs. Um, I think right in that same spirit, you are dealing with people who are entrepreneurial. They are interested in creating these businesses. They are often undercapitalized to start out. They don't exactly have an office full of people to deal with regulations and things like that. And so he said, I will go to my economic development agency, very highly uh, thought of throughout the state, and we will create this one-stop shop. We are uh, incredibly lucky to have Sam Filler running that. And so the purpose of that, you know, <clears throat> you could call there, and, and certainly Sam gets these calls, about a regulatory matter, which we would then, you know, he, he or any number of us would then loop in the State Liquor Authority and get the, the right answer. But I will tell you, and... Uh, uh, many people who are starting these businesses will tell you the state liquor authority is not what it what it was 10 or 15 years ago it's incredibly responsive uh so you can go directly to them as well but sam is in a unique position to see not only what does the state liquor authority say or what does the department of agriculture say about a farm brewery but what kind of policies should we all collectively be pursuing how do we get all of these agencies, the governor's office, the liquor authority, Empire State Development, ag and markets, how do we get all these agencies to work together? And then Sam and I stay in touch and, uh, and work to see that, that things go forward. So it's much bigger than, you know, what's the latest piece of paperwork that someone has to file? And we work very closely with the industry as well. About two weeks ago, I met with Paul Leone and Dave Koleski to discuss the farm brewing license. We know Dave is the owner of Empire Brewing, right, in Syracuse? Right, right. right. Yep, Fantastic great guy. Place. Yeah. And so we got together and we discussed ways that we can improve policies in the state that are even more friendly and, and supportive of our brewing industry here. So, so Pat, since we have you on, I'll, t- I'll say again, this is one of the tougher shows I've ever done because we haven't talked about policy yet, but you, the policy that you guys have, have made is helping all of us. And, and we love seeing all these, these great new breweries in, in New York. Um, what are some of the highlights uh, f- for you, Pat, about what you've seen with, with beer as, and, and cider and spirits in New York in the last couple of years? Well, I think, you know, the the governor uh, put a press release out a couple of weeks ago that says since 2011, you've seen a 72% increase in Taste New York farm-based beverage licenses. So there's obviously an incredible combination of excitement, opportunity, 
and hopefully, you know, they people are are seeing and responding to this reduced regulatory uh, environment. What's been frankly most exciting for me is to see the personal interest of the governor. He held a, a summit on beer, wine, spirits, cider, hard cider, uh, and then directed agencies from Empire State Development on down the line to uh, not work in silos, but to work together to foster these things, these industries. So that is incredibly uh, rewarding to see that happen. He just announced in his State of the State he's going to do another summit this year, and I'm sure he'll ask the same questions. What are we doing right? What can we improve on? No, we, and when you we, get, we like uh, Pat, sorry, I'm cut you off. We like what you're doing and what the governor's doing. But how about this? In fact, it's it's so good. I'm a. I want to sell my restaurant, and I want to open either a farm brewery uh, license or a farm cider license establishment. I mean, this is amazing what you're doing. And I know there's some friends of ours from Brooklyn Enology. Uh, they've opened Allie and Craig. They're they're doing some of the Taste New York shops. In the airport, so how, how can the rest of us get on this? I mean, this seems like the the, the greatest food and farm based entrepreneurial initiative that I've ever heard of in New York, and I am so excited. So, how can there's many people in the room here? We've got some bar owners and educators. How can we get on the Taste New York bandwagon? Because th- this is the way to go. I, I, I've almost many of our events, and, and even on my beer list in my restaurant, I am almost overwhelmingly New York State, and. The way what you guys are doing and coaching us is like, I want to be all New York State. So how can we get on the Taste New York bandwagon? Because, you know, this is a great initiative. Sure. So reaching out to um, Taste, uh, we, have an, we have an email and a, and a staff, uh, colleagues of Sam over at uh, the Department of Agriculture and Markets are sort of running Taste New York day to day. The email over there is tasteny at agriculture.ny.gov. And if people want in, they should alert people, hey, if there's an event coming up or I have an idea for an event, there's also a a restaurant pledge where restaurants have said, yes, we'll sign on, we will support. We're looking for creative ways to support those restaurants that have said, yes, we will buy local. We will buy local foods or we will buy local um, farm-based beverages. And so... um, we're going to continue to. We're you know we're we're not even a year into this uh, project, but we are going to look for more and better events and ways to profile the industry. Super fun partnering with the, the associations and seeing, frankly, still the fledgling uh, beer association. Paul Leone has been a fantastic partner. David Katleski has dropped whatever he's needed needed to do to step up. And come to meetings and offer policy ideas. So all of these uh, all of these things are, are coming together. But there's a there is a uh, a website, taste.ny.gov. People can go there. We can get your products uh, on there. But uh, if you want into any events or what events are coming up, then uh, then then uh, now, reach this, out this to is that amazing. email address. You know, about yep. five years ago, we, we've always done a bunch of food and beer events it's focused on New York State. And even about five years ago, a bunch of us said, you know, you look at Vermont, and everyone thinks everything in Vermont is pure, whether it's maple syrup or the air they breathe. And you cross, you cross that border in, in, in New York State, and New York State is bigger and better and has so many, so many resources and regions, and we've, everyone loves the Finger Lakes and the Hudson Valley. And I, I'm just so proud that this is really happening here in New York. And uh, thank fun. you so much. Let me ask Paul a question. Paul, and I know you've come yeah. on recently to the New York State Brewers Association. 
I know that Dave Kataleski founded it, and he's done a lot of things for New York State Beer. But uh, I bet you have a bunch of uh, summer festivals planned. Do you have, can you tell us anything that you have coming up? Yeah, we've got, um, you know, the, the primary source of funding for, for most guilds and associations across the country are, are producing beer festivals. And so, of course, you know, now that uh, they've hired me and we, we need to raise money. So that's what we're doing. We, uh, we branded them the Craft New York Beer Fest. Uh, we want to move them around the state. Uh, we're, having our, uh, we're having one in Albany on March 22nd. Uh, at the Desmond, uh, we're looking at a location in Brooklyn in the spring, uh, Buffalo in the summer, and Syracuse in the fall. Um, and, and just to go back to what Pat and Sam were talking about, you know, we're—I think people are starting to suffer a little bit from festival fatigue. Uh, it seems like everybody's throwing them uh, one way or another. I know you personally uh, with New York City Beer Week, you guys do a really great job with your festivals. But there seems to be a lot of people kind of moving in and and just having these, you know, drink fest sort of things. So with our beer festivals, we try to try to separate them, and it's really all about local. It's all about New York State craft beer. We try to get beers from every corner of the state. So people, when they come to our festivals, they get beer from, you know, a little brewery in Buffalo, you know, or, or the little brewery in Long Island. Um, you know, any of those beers that, that they can't normally get. So what we've decided to do, or what we've asked, is we've approached uh, Taste New York, and we do food pairing. Um, with our, uh, with our, in our beer festivals now, where we highlight local restaurants or local farmers or, or local, you know, cheesemakers or chocolatiers. And so Taste New York has actually partnered with us, um, at least starting with the one in Albany and hopefully throughout the whole year. So it's really a great program. And to go back to, to reinforce what Pat and Sam have said, you know, that, that this governor's office has just been tremendously helpful um, to all of us, to, to beer, to wine, to cider, to, to distilleries. It's, it's really a fantastic program. No, thanks, Paul. And I know we, we talked a couple of months ago, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you more, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. do a lot more with you guys. Sam, do you want to say anything else to Pat or Paul before we sign off for the segment? Just say if you ride Metro North, there's Taste New York beverages on there too, right, Pat? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can drink on Metro North. Well, I, I think the uh, the Connecticut Lines and uh, Long Island Railroad has Taste New York beverages now. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So, what 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 Taste New York beverages are on those those trains? Uh, I don't know what's serving <clears throat> right now, Jimmy, but they're rotating it through. They're doing some for a month or so, and then they rotate into another product for a month or so. There's beer uh, and wine at a minimum, and it, and they are uh, available when you get on the train to everybody but the conductor. <laughs> well, one last thing. Uh, well, my final shout out is I really do love love the in state laws in, in New York. Um, there's so many great new small breweries that are opening, and they're able to self distribute to, to to bars and restaurants like mine. And, it, and it's really created this this culture where I know so many of the new brewers in our area because they're able to deliver to us. And I think that New York really has a lot of really special laws. And, and I love what you guys are doing. And thanks so much. And uh, hopefully we'll see you. Or you know Sam's coming next week, but our, our big event is New York City Brewers Choice next week for the New York City Beer Week. So again, uh, Pat and Paul, thanks so much, and we'll talk again. Okay, we're Thank signing off. We'll thanks, take, Jimmy. All right, guys, take a short break. We we'll back again at, at Beer Sessions Radio. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, guys. This one's called I Like You, also by Hard Bodies. You're listening to Beer Sessions Radio. Stay tuned. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. 
GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is the New York State of Beer Show. Uh, it's so cool. This is like the state of New York beer. We've been talking to some uh, New York State officials. We have Sam Filler, who's the beer czar from the Empire State Development. And I don't want to get you in trouble, Sam, but he is the beer czar. He's been, how many breweries have you been to and how many breweries have you helped uh, in New York State in the last, how long have you been doing your job, a year or two? I've been doing it since uh, last January, officially, so uh, I'd say I probably have helped over 100 breweries and had a lot of correspondence with Gun Hill over the past year as well. That's right. We, we Davey first, Lopez here, one of the co-owners, Gun Hill Brewery. My partner and I first met with Sam about last March and sat down, and he was instrumental in the entire process for us. Cause this, let me ask, because Davey, this is a good story. So you guys, when did you decide to open a brewery, and when did you reach out to to Sam in New York State to help you do that? We decided to open a brewery probably November of 2012, and I don't think it was until uh, about late February, early March of 2013 that we reached out to Sam, and then we met with him in, in Manhattan shortly after. So why, why did you choose to get the farm brewery license instead of just a, another brewery license? Because we're there was no one else in New York that was that was doing it at the time. It was new. It was something that was um, intriguing. It was a way to draw people in. It was a way to entice people to make us different, to stand out. Um, and also because, as we've talked about, the the farm to table, the growing the local movement has been instrumental in the city and restaurants. And so we thought, why not bring it to beer? And this would be a great way for us to to stand out. You know, my understanding is that there were more breweries in the 1800s in New York City than there are now in New York State, but I don't know if that's true. Do you know the numbers, Sam? I don't know the numbers, but it probably fits with New York State used to be the number one hot-producing place in the world, or at least in the United States, and you know we had as many acres as there is out in the Pacific Northwest now, so you know... I'm sure it's kind of similar now. We like to be local, so there was a brewery in every little small town and city, you know. But maybe consumption-wise, we're higher these days. 
I mean, we like to look beyond prohibition, you know, because there, every time someone tells a story of prohibition, it's all the same. It's cliched and gangsters and stuff. But, but you know, before that, there, there were so many great beers being made, and I, I think things are better now than they were. But one of the, the, the greatest initiatives seems to be the local ingredients. So we're going to talk a little about hops and grains now going forward. Um, is Steve Miller on the air right now? I am. Hi, Steve. So, Steve, just just give us a brief introduction. Tell us what you do because you're like kind of the hop master of New York State, right? We've got the beer czar and the hop master. Well, I, I work with hop growers and people who are starting hop farms uh, all over the state. Um, I do get calls from even outside of the outside of the state, and um, we're trying to put together all the information that people need to do a good job of growing hops. Um, as you said, we haven't been growing them here really. Uh, since Prohibition, now there was a few acres in the state even even after that, but not much. And uh, now we're up to about 150 acres in the state, and I think by this summer, judging by what um, people are calling me about and what they say they're going to be planting, by this summer we'll be at least up to 250 acres in New York. And uh, Steve, what are some of the challenges for, for a farmer to grow hops? I mean, I know there, there's it's it's harder to grow to, to harvest them in a short time, right? Things well, like the that. biggest challenges are. I'm sorry, did I cut in there? No, you're you're good, man. You're the, ma- you're oh, the okay. hot master of New York State. Come on. <laughs> the, the biggest challenges uh, are, are really getting the information on how to grow them the right way to, to make you know, to make money at it, and uh, and then getting them harvested. So we had a lot of people start with a half an acre or less, because if you didn't have a harvester available, that you really uh, could not get them all hand-picked uh, like they did in the old days. It, it takes almost an hour to pick one one mature plant. So we've got quite a few harvesters in the state now, and um, actually there's, there's several wolf harvesters and a couple companies that are making some smaller-scale harvesters that that can be put on a trailer and go from farm to farm. Um, I'm actually going to Poland um, in another month to buy a couple harvesters and bring them back here. And, and Jimmy, an interesting fact is we have 250 acres in New York State, presumably this summer. The average hop farm in Oregon and and Washington is 300 acres, right? So we're, we're tiny in comparison to the... They now the king of hops. I mean, we, we've seen just in the last few years, uh, I, we, we've followed you, Steve, and we know what you do. I was up in Cooperstown two summers ago, and I think you or someone else was giving a, a hop alliance little, little uh, talk there. And I met some farmers in the Cooperstown area. They were, they were all aware of the, the half-acre rule and also you know the need to, to – we've had John Conzilla, which is Conzilla Farm on Long Island. Last year, uh, they did a Kickstarter. They raised the money to buy their own their – own, uh, Hop harvester. They said it was like thirty-four thousand dollars for a machine. That's a lot of money, right, for a farmer, isn't it? it? It's a lot if somebody's doing a half an acre. But we have a lot more people now that are putting in three to five to ten acres at a time. Um, I'm working with somebody who's putting in twenty acres this year. So it, there's it, things have changed a lot just in the last few years. We've the the whole infrastructure is going on uh, is coming together. We've got two companies in the state that are pelleting and packaging hops on a fairly large scale, uh, and all they need is more is more hops to, uh, you know, more hop customers. So um, that 
those things are all coming together uh, that we didn't have just four or five years ago. Steve, one of our uh, we have a Gun Hill Brewings here tonight. David Lopez. Uh, it's it's the first farm brewing licensed brewery in New York City. So he has to start buying hops and grains from New York. Uh, hey, Davey, how are you, buddy? <laughs> Good. How you doing, Jimmy? Do you want to say? Also, most of these guests are, are, are phone in, so you know we're usually we're in this intimate room. But Steve, you're doing a great job uh, on on this phone thing. But t- talk to Davey. Tell him about you know what kind of hops he can get and other specific farms that you can recommend that that will be able to have enough hops for him to make some batches. We've yeah, we've got uh, right now enough farms that have been in for two or three or years or more that are that are their plants are starting to mature. So uh, a lot's been planted in the last couple of years, and, and this year we should have a lot more coming into the market. So they've got Cascade, Centennial, Nugget, Chinook, uh, a lot of the Pacific Northwest varieties. Um, and we've got some coming from uh, varieties from Europe as well. Um, I, I uh, have a couple of variety trials around the state there's one at the geneva experiment station and we'll have about 30 varieties in there and then uh, brewery omegang is putting in their own variety trial i'm working with them and we'll have another 25 or 30 varieties there to see how they'll do in, in new york what's what's the best way to to reach out to some of these guys um, there's actually the northeast hop alliance uh has a website and i have my my newsletter's on there, and they've got a list of uh, growers who have enough hops that they're, they've got a website, and they're, they're listing their website link on that. It's northeasthopalliance.org. And uh, if you just go to that, you'll, you'll see lots of members on there, and then you can click on their website to see what they've got as far as varieties and quantity. Steve, that's awesome. Like, uh, for example, I know in, in the history of hops and, and thriving hop farms, I've been to Germany. I've been to even places in southern Amsterdam where they the, the brewers will take you to this big hillside where they're growing all the hops for their brewery. Uh, when do you think that will be uh, you know, something viable in New York, New York State where, a brewer, like, for example, Oma Gang or Southern Tier will say, hey, let's go. I would drive you out 10 minutes into the countryside. And, and I'm going to show you the farm where they're growing all our hops. Do you think that'll ever happen in New York State? I don't know about all of their hops, but they certainly that's happening now. We've got uh, breweries like Omegang that are contracting with growers, um, and they uh, this guy that's putting in 20 acres uh, is near Cooperstown, and he certainly is going to be selling to a lot of breweries in that area. And I think the uh, breweries will be able to um, drive a customer right over there and uh, let people see where the hops are being grown. Steve, uh, uh, can we jump jump subject for one second? C- can we jump over to grains and and, and malts and things? Um, sure, I was actually at a at a, uh, a meeting today for uh, malting barley. So we have uh, Laurel Grayson from NYU. Uh, she, she, tell us what you did, Laurel, because it's. You can let Steve know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, I come from a farming background, and one of the things that I'm most interested in pursuing in the long-term future or short-term future would be to do small-scale malting and then the distribution and working with farmers as well as growing my own um, barley and other types of grains for 
um, for, for spirits as well. But um, I think there's such a, a need and, and like, there's, there's definitely the market there. Um, there's the, I think, land access and sort of getting farmers on board and kind of converting them to these ideas that they can grow um, local grains and other sort of botanicals and crops and for specifically for brewing and fermentation but projects. Just, you, did you do a study of what it would take to open a malt house in New York? Yeah, so I mean, I've 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 done a bit of research on like local kind of like general market research on what is available right now, and I think more and more and more, it's really exciting to see all these like true sort of um, entrepreneurs, both farmers and business people alike, kind of coming together and working together, where like the the brewers are reaching out to the farmers, and the farmers are reaching out to the brewers, and truly kind of making this. Uh, almost like what you do in an organic system. Which no, is it, it's super <laughs> awesome. And Sam, are there any uh, malt houses that you see coming down the pipeline in New York? Because that's the big thing. If you're growing grains, you need malt houses. And you know, as we many of us may not know, Sam Adams, the the historical fictitious you know character from the Revolutionary War, was not a brewer. He was actually a maltster. Well, I wanted malt to, is important. What right? I wanted to share earlier is that Brown's Brewing. They just opened their... Where are they located? They're in Troy, but they're also now in Hoosick Falls, and they're a licensed farm brewery, and they own... Those are towns in New York, right? Other towns. New York State. Yes. Well, just just to jump in quickly also about, like, malting, um, it, it is not a historically American thing to have a malt house. There are only a few in the country. And I think that it's such it, it is something that we have the ability to do, but we're thinking about taste and we're thinking about like tradition, which tends to come from places like Germany or most of the the malt is purchased from Canadian farms. So, um, and of course, there's a price point, and we all have to sort of make a profit. But um, making you know thinking about how to bring it more local and the startup costs of of opening a malt house. Like Valley Malt is a really, really amazing example of like what, you know, kind of like really a DIY sort of a concept, and then they've they've grown and grown and grown, and so trying to like help people and entrepreneurs and uh, you know farmers and business people like like how how they can have no, the resources, and that's awesome. And then Steve, uh, do you want to say anything about the need for malt houses in New York State or, or yeah, plans we- that you know of? There's actually uh, one that's open and has been functioning for the last year, and we've got five or six more that are in the process of uh, getting their equipment. They're all pretty small scale, you know, doing anywhere from a ton to two or three tons a week. Um, we we have another one that's in Canastota that they just got a, um, a grant to do a feasibility study to do a little larger scale malt house. And I think they'll be opening up within a couple of years. Um, but the amount that we need, uh, if you can put six or eight, ten small malt houses together, and that's still less than what then, uh, their capacity is less than what uh, we're going to need. All no, Steve, together. I hear you. We're going to sign off soon, but I want to give a big shout out. Uh, one of the most you know exciting experiences of my life has been the last couple of months. Uh, We've been matching uh, New York State grains, and some of the farms include Oaksner's Farm in Newfield, New York, Lakeview Organic Grains, Peter Martin's in Penyan, New York, 
Omara Farm, Canastota, New York. And they've been malted at Valley, Valley Malt in, in Massachusetts. And they've been shipped to many uh, New York State brewers that are coming to our event next week. New York City Brewer's Choice. But to see that, that we've had uh, the brewers send us photos of them standing in front of these unique bags of, of malt from New York State. We're really excited about that. And uh, it's funny because, you know, hops kind of made like IPAs in American beer. But actually, you know, as a, a restaurant owner and, and, and I taste my customers regularly, I think everyone really cares mostly about the malt character. So I think that the the long-term growth of of local and regional beer does depend on, you know, local grains. And I know that people like June Russell from the Regional Grains Project at Grow NYC and all the maltsters, you know, the idea of what's the right grain to grow in, in, in this region. Well, of course, it's rye, and they're, they're trying to do tra- traditional grains like, like Emmer. And we're going to talk more about that next week. But I just want to say, Steve, you're awesome. Thanks for all you've done with Hops and Sam, Phil, and everyone. Uh, but, again, if you're in New York next week, check out NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com. It's probably the best beer event ever in New York. It's a fourth year. Dave Broderick from Blind Tire helps curate the beers. Uh, you know, Maggie Seiden, our producers, has been reaching out to the, to the, to the breweries, and we've matched it with uh, Andrew from Valley Malton. And only in the last two years, Sam, it's so great that you guys came on, and Steve, too, because two years ago we were talking about, oh, you know, a hop farm might be able to grow a half acre of hops, and and maybe one day there will be a malt facility. So just in two years alone, I mean, you guys, you need the infrastructure, right, to have the farm brewery licenses like Gone Hill. We need the infrastructure in place. And I'm really proud of our New York State officials and Governor Cuomo because you guys have really led the way. And cheers to that. We can actually make a toast. While uh, we usually drink on the air today, we are, we're only talking about the beers. But if I were drinking, I would be drinking a Gone Hill beer. And what's coming up next, man? Do you have beers for us? Soon? We do. It's Dave starting, Lopez. Starting this Friday, we'll have our Gunhill Gold, which is a, a lighter, easy-drinking ale, and our IPA. Um, and then next week, we'll have our Defrosted Hop, which is actually, we actually use exclusively homegrown New York State hops from, from upstate that our brewer grows in up in Utah. And when are you shipping the Jimmy's number 43? You tell me. Next week, buddy. Okay, sounds All right. good. All right. Sam, anything you want to say before we sign off? It's been great having you, and I know you, you, you're the beer czar. On our show, we can say that. Well, there's a lot of great beers in New York, and excited to see breweries like Gun Hill come online. And you know, you asked me early how many breweries I've helped. There's probably been over a hundred, and you know, it, hopefully many more, and many more in New York City. No, and, and thanks for what you do. Let me just read uh, June Russell, who's from Grow NYC, who's really been the the leader behind the Regional Grains Project. I like to say she has a quote for us. Ultimately, I want to be able to trace the malts back to the farms. And she worked with Andrea Stanley from Valley Malt on the front end to make sure we had enough grain and malt to supply our event, the New York City Brewer's Choice. But she, number one, wants to keep drawing attention to the fact that beer is made from grain. She says, sorry, hops. But really is, it is grain. And having malting capacity is the key to support our grain growers in New York State. And I want to give a, a cheers a cheers to uh, people that grow in NYC and Empire State Development because this is an exciting time where we have over 20 breweries in New York Next week, making a beer with New York State Grain. So, cheers to everybody. We can we can cheers on this. It's okay, guys. And of course, the New York New York City Beer Week, which is why we're doing this. Uh, they have the probably the grandest event ever in New York. Uh, it's the Vanderbilt Hall of, of uh, Grand Central Station. That's this Friday. If you're listening to it, you definitely want to go. I think there's tickets available. But they they've presented you know quite a great group of beers. So uh, on the sign out, you know this is I'm still overwhelmed. I've talked to New York State officials. I feel important, but really it's like I want to go drink a beer, and uh, we will afterwards. But Sam, one last word before we sign out. 
Well, the way this all happened is I bumped into June at the Union Square Green Market, and I was buying a bottle of the uh, Brooklyn Green Market beer, and she told me about this event you guys were hosting. I said, hey, i got to get on Jimmy's show and tell him all about the great stuff that Governor Cuomo's doing. And so it's really it's been a privilege to be here and a privilege with to spend time with all these guests. So hopefully we can do it again. All right, and, Laurel, what, what do you think? W- w- would you open a malt house in New York State? Absolutely, and I think that it that, like cheers to all of the help that's happening at the like at, at the government status. And I'm I think there's so much room, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. Great, Davey Lopez, what's going on with Gun Hill Brewing? We're, we're getting ready to open <laughs> up, and we're we're looking forward to to reaching out to a lot of these new uh, farms. I really want to try your beer. You know, we'll be able to. And last of all, one of our East Village uh, beer bar owners. Zach Mack from ABC Beer Company. Um, I'm just glad I got to come in today. And, again, thanks to the governor, thanks to the state for producing such great stuff. It's clearly what people want, and I'm more than happy to provide it to people. It's great. And it's, it's a great place. So I'd like to thank our sponsors, greatbrewers.com, of course. They've sponsored us for four years. Last week it was our 200th episode, but I'll say it again. It's been 200 episodes, four years of doing weekly shows, and we love it. Part of it is we have to meet great people like Zach Mack and and Laurel and everybody in the room. And uh, the first time ever we discussed New York State beer policy, which is awesome. As in, New York State of beer. But who's the singer of that song? Is that Alicia Keys or something? New York State. Billy Joel, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm out of it. I don't know. But four years later, I can't remember the, the pop songs. But And also thanks to Sam, Paul, Steve, Pat. Dave and Laurel and everyone else is in the room tonight for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy, and our engineer tonight, Joe Galarraga, my favorite, who did some awesome little pieces, including if you like Newburgh Brewing in Newburgh, New York, he did a great little piece on Chris Basso, our favorite brewer. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yeah. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.